like Tucker, I'm Todd. Hi, Todd, I'm Tucker. Welcome to the Tucker and Todd Show. Tucker and Todd can't be bothered to record an introduction to the show so you get one from me. I'm the free intern and producer, Craig. Tucker is the short one and Todd is the ginger. Now listen to these idiots using their imaginations. Hey Tucker. Hey Todd. I just realized that if we never call each other by our names when people are listening, they don't know who's talking, even though Craig says the ginger and the short one is not a visual medium. <laughs> the one with the spiky face. Yeah, so now you know I'm Todd. And I'm Tucker. Fuck me, I'm a minute late. I didn't agree to those conditions. What what conditions did we agree on anyway? I don't know if there are actually any conditions. I think I think it's unconditional. I definitely think you have a condition. Oh, I think I suppose there is a condition involved. Have you heard of the condition X Y Z? Yeah, I think I think he told me about that one. Don't they make a pill for X Y Z? I don't know if there. I don't know if there is a pill for X Y Z. We might need to develop a pill for it. It might be pill X Y Z. Would it be pill X Y Z or would it be the X Y Z pill? Ooh, the X Y Z vaccine. I'm trying to come up with a good pun for it, but I can't come up with anything. Specifically for X, Y, Z, a pun, and pharma. Yeah, some kind of X, Y, Z thing, you know, where the Z well, I mean, is a word. If it, was, if it was a sleep medication, that would be pretty. <laughs> X, Y, just all Zs. Just, just a box full of Zs. Not to be confused with a box full of Zs. I'm pretty sure he was canceled. Was he canceled? I mean, it was only a matter of time. I don't know. I'm starting to I'm starting to I was thinking about you're you're familiar with the Shane Gillis case, yeah? No, I'm not. This is a perfect opportunity to tell me all about it. So the Shane Gillis thing is that he was the guy who was on SNL for like a week and then he got fired because they found old feet of him on like a podcast or a YouTube show saying I think and words i can't remember it was something pretty like aggressively racist or ableist or one of those one of those you know you could con- easily confuse one for the other like it was just it was just ugly hateful and just and just aggressive and so it, it wasn't necessarily confusing them i apologize <laughs> but i mean in this day and age i think somebody's saying runescape it gets treated on the same level as somebody saying never winter so I I am guilty of the former. I I call stuff resplendent all the time. It's hard not. It's part of the lang- I mean, whatever. I don't want to get into that conversation. The conversation I wanted to get into was he lost his job, and a lot of people said that's fucking political correctness gone muck. But I mean, here's my here's my opinion now. He lost that job. He didn't erase from the planet in any way. He did not get. And most people that are quote unquote canceled aren't erased from the planet. I mean, who is who's here? I, fuck. I flip flop constantly. Would you say that Kevin Spacey was canceled? Kevin Spacey was unpersoned. He was unpersoned. But doesn't he still show up every now and then in some creepy video by a fireside chat or whatever? 
If he does, I don't know about it, but I would love to know about it. Does he? I don't know, but I've, I'm I'm curious to know. I'm curious to know. Can he actually not work at all? I guess people. Some people have unpersoned him, but also some people have unpersoned Alex Jones. But Alex Jones still makes a living. Yes, but Alex Jones makes a living independently. If if Kevin Spacey set up a Patreon, he could he could make a living like Alex Jones. Oh, okay. I just uh, maybe I finally realized uh, a, a definition. When we are saying the word "canceled," we are talking about the media system. Well, yeah that that means no public appearances, and that includes in TV and film. Right. Okay. Well, then here's the thing. Then so. Would you say at this point, based on the money that he makes and the views that he gets, that Joe Rogan is mainstream media? He is now that he's popular enough. So this guy I'm describing, Shane Gillis, was on Joe Rogan a couple of weeks ago. Okay, well, not all not not all cancels are equal either. Kevin Kevin Spacey's cancellation was a little more egregious. Yeah, I guess if Kevin Spacey showed up, because I'm sometimes I need to hear my own thoughts until I'm like, oh right, that's wrong. So Alex Jones did appear, has appeared on things, and then those things get taken off of YouTube. Yes, he's just outright banned from YouTube. Right, and I imagine if Kevin Spacey showed up on anything, I imagine if Kevin Spacey was Ellen DeGeneres' last guest. Oh. I wonder if whoever tried to host Kevin Spacey would themselves become canceled for kind of uncanceling him. Well, because that there's a whole because that that would be like toxic platforming, right? <laughs> well, if you give him a soapbox, then you are at least partially responsible for what comes out of his mouth in a way because you've enabled it. Yeah, that's interesting. So we talked at one if, point. If you have if you have a reasonable kind of expectation of the kind of things he's going to say if uh, he shows you a script that he's written and you approve it and then he says something that's not on the script you have much less responsibility in that case so it's not always quite so simple as you gave him a box he stood on it and he said restitution right well so there so remember when mel gibson lost his mind publicly and had some really like shamefully shitty stuff publicly aired before any of the like quote unquote canceling started happening. Oh, it definitely happened to him though. But it happened to him. But at the same time, Jodie Foster came out and made a movie with him. Well, the cancel thing is a lot faster now. That the sort of ripple that uh, rips through the sort of social media sphere. It's much faster now. That's a good point. And and, and also much quicker to forget as it moves on to the next outrage. But it, it took a minute for that to catch on in the same way that you know a lot of people remained holdouts for bill cosby for quite some time and still do and it's interesting it's interesting how people do that little dance of uh i i've seen it with michael jackson where people do the dance of like oh well i won't i don't listen to anything like that because i don't even want to hear it i would i don't want to know yeah and uh that is willful ignorance and uh something that we should as a society disapprove of quietly but uh <laughs> quietly or somewhat i did i tell you that my father uh referred asked me how my scamdemic was going last week oh i think you did i i remember peeing a little at scamdemic because see i'm not connected to social media in any way and i don't really regularly converse with anybody who would say something like that 
So this is actually the first time in the past 17 months that I've heard the term scamdemic. Well, it was just such a, it was, it's been, it's been this like existential hole that I've been falling down ever since because I don't, I don't have the greatest relationship with my dad. I only talk to him like once or twice a year out of nowhere. And so, but I, and a lot of that has to do with knowing kind of where his, perspective is gonna land <laughs> having an idea of his values and projecting from there to his conclusion yeah and so i i, I yeah i i uh, have a similar relationship with my father i have there's definitely no coincidence there no it, we even had a conversation at one point because we were talking about like the word entitlement because i was trying to talk about <laughs> addictions and and like social work and stuff and i used the word entitlement and my dad got all like grumpy humpy humpy and started talking about millennials and their entitlement and i wanted to have the conversation of like okay who do you know who is a millennial who you think is entitled as a 60 year old man who is a 30 year old or a 35 year old or a 25 year old who you know who is entitled and tell me what that is and then tell me what you're grumpy about and would refer to what makes this a scamdemic and what are you missing out on that you had before that you're not now entitled to. Like when you start asking for specifics, they get way more upset. The Jews did it. And then you're like, do you even know a Jew? <laughs> Name one Jew you know. Because they, they haven't actually, and that's the reason that they repeat the words is because they haven't actually thought about it and they don't have the vocabulary to explore thinking about it. And so they just attach themselves to their buzzwords and they repeat the buzzwords and it's comforting. They're, they're self-stimming. That's kind of what it is. And yeah, it is comforting. Like, I I understand this, even if I don't really understand this. I know what these words mean. Yeah, this appeals to me. The, these these are my member berries. <laughs> it's like what Jim Jeffrey said. He's like, I understood every word in that sentence. <laughs> yeah, that is, it is that. It is exactly that. I stood, understood every word. That is how you get a Trump. Where was I going? Scamdemic. Entitlements. Entitlements. I feel like we were somewhere else before entitlements because I just wanted to talk about scamdemic. I thought how funny that was. I told him I wasn't <laughs> I wasn't going to tolerate idiot vocabulary. And he goes, really, are we going to do this now? You started it, buddy. If you're going to use dog whistles and act like, oh, it was the word ignorance. You said willful ignorance. And so he said that. And I said, yes, he first said scamdemic. And I kind of winced and said, really, are we going to like we can we can talk about conspiracy theories, but we need to not use my people language like i want to like <laughs> talk about things critically and he, he i said are you being willfully ignorant and he goes well yeah and i thought it was so fucking hilarious that he admitted it and then spent the next hour trying to like actually i, I, I that's not what i meant sorry 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 backpedal backpedaling i can hear the backup siren right now <laughs> yep okay so we spent the next hour trying to sort of justify his position of willful willful ignorance while dancing around it I, I when i realized that it wasn't going to go anywhere i tried to change the topic to golf because i know that's what he likes but then he started to gatekeep me and that pissed me off so i started to prod him back they move they move the goal posts when you uh when you start getting close <laughs> and it pissed me off today because it's been i've been thinking about it for a week so i sent him a text message i said dad what is something you would say that you're passionate about and i thought i really expected he was either going to say his job because he's 60 years old and works 80 hours a week still he's addicted to his work i thought he would say his job and then not actually know what the passion is or he would say that passion is like for weak people, like passion isn't real. That's uh, that's like a distraction in your mind that gets in the way. 
Jesus, what an ugly take on passion. The, the fuel that, you know, so many people rely on for so many projects, including, you know, this one. <laughs> That's very much the person that he is, though. He, did, he There was a lot of there's no such thing as love when I was growing up. Yikes. Right. So I, I was expecting him to say one of those. And he goes, how about golf? <laughs> and I was like, you motherfucker, if it was a passion, people who are passionate don't gate people who are trying to ask them questions about the passion. How dare you? No, if somebody's really passionate about something, they uh, they have a small stroke when somebody asks them about it because it's an opportunity to indulge themselves. Right. But instead I get, well, if you knew anything about it, I could actually tell you. Well, explain it to me. Oh, yeah, that's that's see, that's some of the same shit. He doesn't really know golf either. Though. He just doesn't want you to know that he doesn't. Know. And that's the game that we've been playing since I figured out that he doesn't know. Well, yeah, that's the same. That's the exact same willful ignorance game. As soon as you start, you know, they just obfuscate. Here, I would I, I'm not trying to make it sound as though I'm like me and my daddy issues. Here's the thing I would like to suggest to parents in case that you don't realize it. <laughs> My daddy didn't, <laughs> My daddy love, didn't me. love me. Uh, he did up until a point. <laughs> yeah, he he did until I developed a personality of my own, and I didn't just like a little gaga goo goo thing that vaguely looks like him, and he can be like, ah, it's a little me that I can shape. Oh no, this isn't what I made. <laughs> this is not what I meant to do. I don't believe I've lost all faith in everything. That's really what happened. He had a whole goddamn existential crisis when he realized we weren't going to be little molded boys. Yeah, you started taking on your own shape. Oh, that's funny. But here, parents, um, listen to your kids. Uh, remember that they didn't ask to be here. You made them be here. They didn't have a choice in it. So the least that you can do is listen to their take on things and also uh, be interested in them. Oh, yeah, I I especially agree with the first part, that first part. I definitely didn't ask for this. None of us asked to be here. So like, oh God, I wish I was never born. <laughs> yeah, that is that is the main theme. Uh, welcome to the nihilism hour. Yeah, this this is Tucker and Todd and existential dread. I don't know which truth serum I took. Should we get into the show? Oh, oh, maybe this isn't the Danny issues. Uh, episode maybe this is the oversharing episode it is is it oh no i i don't know either but i have a feeling that it's about to take another turn i okay so this <laughs> this premise was from okay i started listening to a podcast called this paranormal life and i think it's going to be a gold mine of premise ideas but the one that came to me for this one was they were talking about sending you know how they would send a canary down into a coal mine and they made a joke about the idea of sending back in in ireland in the mines back in the day they didn't have canaries so they would send down a child in a canary costume <laughs> oh it looks the same it'll do and so i was really i was really taken with the idea of sending down a child in a canary costume and so i wanted to do a kind of play on that and we ended up coming up in our discussion uh, you, cause I said the idea of a child in a cage and you, uh, very wisely pointed out that you got to have a permit to put a child in a cage. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, no permit, no children in cages. This is something that ICE did incorrectly. They did not get their paperwork in order. And now where are they? Now are they totally fucked ruining the reputation of a whole country? Yeah, exactly. And in the Tucker and Todd universe, no children are exploited or abused unless somebody is able to get a permit. And it's very difficult to get a permit. Except in the cases where it's very easy to get a permit. But at the same, but regardless, no, no children are harmed without a permit. 
<laughs> I'm glad that we have such a moral high watermark. <laughs> Around here, we clearly, uh, you know, stick to lawful evil. <laughs> Only the most lawful of evil. I proposed maybe they used to send down parrots to call out warnings, but the parrots dying moans were too traumatizing. So they switched to birds that can't talk. I said we can make a whole meal of the parrot begging not to be taken to the light. And you said maybe the parrots all talk like Gilbert Gottfried and they endlessly roast the miners, thus crippling morale. They're all just Yago, to the extent that it's not the parrots that refuse to go down, but it's the miners. You can't make me go down there with that bird. I love the idea of these gruff, like hardened miners. Have you seen Chernobyl? I have, and those are the guys I'm thinking about, and they are terrified of what this bird is going to say about them. <laughs> they can't that is the one thing that they can't put up with <laughs> like last time it went down that fucking bird told me my wife was having an affair and you know what he was right what will he say this time i dare not find out okay how did i had and so fuck sometimes i say i should save this for the pod and then i wish i had made a note of the thing that i was about to say i had maybe it was an origin story for iago Yago lived with, like, a parrot lived with Gilbert Gottfried and would copy his voice. Maybe in this universe, Gilbert Gottfried is a parrot trainer, and so they all have his voice. Oh, because, yes, I think, because I, I liked the idea of a bunch of parrots having the Gilbert Gottfried voice, and they're all, <laughs> they're all just completely roasting everybody. It's just a, a chorus of them, yeah. But, yeah, if if one of them is funny then an entire legion of them must be hilarious. And they're all, yeah, they're all tagging each other's jokes and just making them worse and more mean. And when they're not doing that, it's just a, a riot of them trying to scream over each other about which miner has the, you know, the droopiest eyelids or what, the stupidest mustache. Can't even see their skin because they're all caked in, you know, coal dust. But what else can we make fun of? Your overalls are terrible. The, yeah, they go to town. And so do they actually end up dying because of gas leaks, though? Anybody who goes down without a parrot dies. So you you have to choose between death or a very rude parrot. How do we see that? I feel like. And so do we have scenes where like the body is literally being dragged out of the entrance and all the birds are squawking about how he had it coming? And that's what you get. Ooh. They would definitely kind of cast shade on a dead man. These birds are terrible. It's kind of funny. I'm 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 seeing and imagining Yago with the Gilbert Gottfried voice, but I'm also imagining and hearing an Eric Idle character as well. That's that's because um Eric Idle is Eric Idle is really good for like uh doing doing like commentary on the side. He's also good at being the put upon guy, though. So maybe all of the miners have like an Eric Idle, like, but I didn't kind of voice. They're all sad. sad let me, let me sad, sad. a little bit of peril. No, it's too perilous. Not even the slightest bit of peril. Bet you're gay. <laughs> uh, that was it. I, my, uh, that was not Eric. That was not Eric. No, it wasn't. That was another thing I, uh, my my uncle is genuinely supportive but he's also very defensive of the things he loves and so we were talking briefly at a family dinner my aunt was saying how much she liked some of the tucker and todd stuff she said and i was kind of given the backstory of how it came about 
because my mother is proud and likes to brag about the things I do. And I said we were kind of like, maybe we can make our own kind of like Monty Python thing. And my uncle, he's from the Netherlands, and he grew up like with that stuff as like he was a teenager watching Monty Python and being like influenced by it as part of like the cultural this shift in the Europe in Europe, right? And so it's very important to him. And he leans forward. He goes, "You will never make anything like Monty Python." I agree. We never will. No, and I, I'm definitely, I have never claimed that that's what we were actually doing, but that's why it was so funny to me. I'm like, dude, I'm not saying we we're making Monty Python. I'm just saying we're making skits. Monty Python is an important part of my upbringing and no doubt yours, which means that they are inevitably an influence in my sense of humor. Absolutely. But I make no claims to be like, we're the next Python. Come on. No, there will never be another Python. That's, that's, we want to be our own thing. We don't want to just be 2.0 of something else. No. And f- fuck it, we'll never be that good anyways. We'll never be the Python's level of good. They were a phenomenon that shouldn't have been possible, but, you know, the universe kind of just, like, bent around it and allowed it to happen. That doesn't happen twice. And prolific. Like, I sometimes forget how many actual episodes there are of Flying Circus. Just a shitload. <laughs> I have them all, too. Oh, I watched them all on Put Locker. <laughs> How many viruses did you get watching that whole thing? Uh, 167. <laughs> so, like, one for every episode. Pretty much. Oh, uh, you know, as far as Put Locker goes, that's, uh, that's pretty light. I miss the days of, yeah, whatever. The Boomer Minute is over. Member. <laughs> okay, Boomer. <laughs> um, Parrots. Parrots, all of which are trained by Gilbert Gottfried, so they all talk like him. And I suppose lots of, at least one of the miners has to be Michael Palin, because I I want him in here. We can actually do a couple of references, actually. We can, oh, we can do a whole fucking, this is an ex-parrot thing. Oh, okay. I assume that means one of the, uh, maybe the mining foreman is a parrot and he's an ex-parrot. He's an, he, he's, a, he's a foreman now. He's an ex-parrot. How does that get represented? Is he like shaved? He has no feathers. Oh, maybe maybe he leaves a few on his, a couple just like hanging off his beak, like as a mustache. <laughs> That's bizarre. Or like in in like a in a a nonconformist haircut of some kind. I mean, is it any more bizarre than you having a spiky face? So we have this character. I'm trying to figure out the order of operations. We now have this trainer who is a Gilbert Gottfried. We have is we're bringing in multiple parrots to. Oh, are we bringing them back to the trainer and saying, why did you give us a what's wrong with this one? It was supposed to warn us that there was gas. Why is it? Oh, see, see, if you bring if you bring any parrots back to their trainer, you're just going to get roasted with that exact same voice. They've tried that before, and they've never gone back because <laughs> it, it, not only did the the trainer roast, not only did the trainer roast them, but all of the stupid birds took part. Afterwards. Oh, so we do have so we have the people at the mine asking if they should go back to the trainer, but they say no. Remember last time we went back, we just got roasted, and we do have a quick like cutaway scene of them being shamed by the birds by how they can't even take care of a bird. Yeah, because like they. They they go to the I can assume they go to the, either the training facility or right to the trainer's home. He lets them in and then he immediately just starts roasting them about how they can't handle a bunch of fucking birds. And then the birds say the exact same thing: "You idiots! You can't handle a bunch of fucking birds. What are you, a bunch of fucking idiots?" 
And so what is, what is the exact reason that they're going back? Is it that they think the reason that the birds died is because they weren't trained to stay alive? Oh, no, I don't even know if any birds should die at all. But miners definitely should die. Oh, so that we can actually claim that no animals were harmed? Not without a permit, but to mostly justify why they're trying to basically tear this trainer a new one. Because either the birds are defective and thus costing minor lives, even though somehow the birds always manage to get away safely. Which maybe means that the birds are actually committing deliberate acts of sabotage and getting away with it. But they're trying to either get rid of these birds, get their money back, get a refund, whatever. They they want to get a pound of flesh off the trainer, and he just roasts them instead. Do we establish at some point earlier, do we establish at any point why they're using parrots at all rather than the canaries? Is there a canary shortage for some reason? Uh, that's important. Because originally it was just the idea that they talked. I just liked the idea that they would be like, instead of a canary like falling down dead, the carrot would be, the, you'd hear the parrot going like, Oh, I am being taken, oh great spirit in the sky. I step into that good night. Like <laughs> the, shakes, the, shakes, the Shakespearean parrot. Yeah, and then so I, I like the idea of the bird being like, like annoying and way too much to listen to and like really dragging out oh the great death rattle oh and so the miners can't put up with it you know uh i definitely think that if they could count on uh parrots to actually speak out loud and declare that something was the matter that would make parrots far more valuable but okay, maybe we need a reason why there are no a, canaries. Here's a proposal. We are presenting it as sort of like a schoolhouse rock sort of situation where or like a like a hey, I wonder a classroom scenario, educational film strip on I wonder why they use canaries in coal mines. Well, the story goes like this. They first started using it with a parrot and we have our thespian parrot. And then that brings us into the story where they're like, well, fuck, we can't deal with this. That's way too much. to. I can't listen to that again. So we need we need a, we need them to go to a special trainer. Right. That's why they need to go to and get a better get better parrots. And so that's why we go to our trainer and experience those. And then we experience all of these awful mean parrots. And they're like, dude, parrots are not the way. Do you have any other birds? And they're like, well, we have these canaries, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I especially like that this scene is a cutaway. Because I think it, I think somewhere in there, the scene itself contains a cutaway, so it's a cutaway to a cutaway. Yeah, it just keeps cutting because, away. Because they Does cut away, ever... they cut away to the trainer. No, I love stuffing as many cutaways in there as possible. Tuck them in there. Do we have <laughs> Blair the Tucker horn? That's <laughs> our like Pee Wee's Playhouse. That's the mystery word. <laughs> but I meant well, well, well shit. What's the matter? Where'd I lose you? Oh, cutaways, cutaways. So do we ever cut back? Does it get like bookmarked? And it was an educational thing the whole time. Okay. Yeah, I think we should naturally bookend it by returning to the classroom and be like, that sounds fucking stupid. Or there's no way that happened or some kind of disbelief. And then it like it cuts to the front of the classroom and the class is being taught by a parrot. <laughs> And then he does like a little wink to camera, like history is written by the victors or whatever. I think you should do that, like that giggling parrot meme. 
research. Like the giggle and stare one? Yeah, that that red parrot. <laughs> what a fucking sound. Yeah. The bird doesn't even have to say anything. It just has to do that. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> that's actually so silly. You know, like, that's stupid. Birds could never do that. And then cuts to the front of the classroom. The bird. <laughs> Does it actually get st- he gets stuck doing that? And then it kind of like the the volume drops out as it cuts back to the kids, and they're like, "What?" The, oh yeah, naturally, naturally, it should loop infinitely, and everybody else just kind of tunes it out all the way until we end the scene, which you know I guess should probably be after an uncomfortable pause while we still have to listen to this very muted bird giggle. Oh, I, I know what the joke is. It cuts back to the kids, and one of the kids is like, I thought this was supposed to be AV Club, and it shows the sign above the door says Avian Club. Oh, well, that definitely explains why a bird is teaching it. Okay, it starts in a classroom. What is a lesson being taught about? Why would the canaries in the mines come up? Maybe they're just being taught about coal mining history, and the oh. kids, the kids happen to be bored with it, but are vaguely interested at the idea of taking canaries down. Do we and, totally? We it's a school in a mine, and it's a bunch of kids covered in soot and and dust, and they're learning about the like, our people's history. Oh, so they're just they're in an Appala- App- Appalachian mining town, you know, somewhere in Kentucky. <laughs> I like the idea. <laughs> actually, it's a whole civilization just of miners, though, and just every they are mine people. Yes, the entire schools. the entire town is in the mine. Yeah, it's all in the mine. It, it's it's a it's a mining town that is also a town in a mine. Oh, and they say they talk about canary canaries in the coal mine, and the one kid goes, "My uncle works in the cannery." And it, and, it, and, it, and it cuts to wait wait and it cuts to the cannery in the coal mine <laughs> yeah it's in the coal mine what are they canning coal <laughs> yeah, <they're> canning. <laughs> i like that this is almost reminding me of uh what's that obsidian shooter fallout ripoff outer worlds oh everybody was supposed to be so into that it was kind of cool. I, I enjoy anything with stats. And there was a cannery and they were canning like the I can't remember. It's some it's some sort of like space tuna that nobody can actually eat. Space tuna. It's the spice. Well, I mean, it's it's actually it's a funny game. It's silly. So, yeah, they're uh, they're canning coal. And then it cuts to it, every, as- like literally everything. Every little facet of their civilization is associated with related to or involving coal in some way. <laughs> this is I'm having this and now I'm having fun. Okay, so it cuts to my uncle works in the cannery. Cuts to the cannery. They're canning coal. Cuts back to the classroom. He cracks open a can of coal. <laughs> yeah, naturally. And of course, uh you actually have to take the entire top off of it and kind of pour it out. It comes out in a solid block. It just it's a it's one of those cartoon gags where he pours the whole block into his mouth and you see it in his neck, his very skinny neck. The chunk <laughs> gets swallowed down his neck and yeah. then it falls into his stomach and makes an anvil. <laughs> the alternative is that it's like a semi-solid kind of sludge, but it has more mostly the same effect, including landing heavily. <laughs> it lands heavily. And then he it, it go the camera goes back up to his face. Maybe we've seen inside his stomach. We've done a, a hardcore zoom in 
uh, whatever style. We- oh, maybe we went down the throat too. Oh, we go all the way down the throat. You know yeah. that one, just all the way down the pipe, and we <laughs> yeah, we see it, and we it's the thing. We see the stomach acid uh, peel back from it like the Red Sea. It's like it, it wants nothing to do with it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, everything in the stomach doesn't want it. But then, like tiny little, tiny little worker men with shovels come by and start breaking off pieces and throwing it into a furnace. <laughs> yeah, his little body furnace. That's a lot of fun. Okay, and it comes back out, and his teeth are all black, and his lips are all black, and he smiles ugly and gives a little thumbs up, and it turns into a very quick ad. There's an overlay for cannery cola. Yeah, uh, gonna go ahead. This is artistic license human biology. <laughs> that was fun. And so that <laughs> that whole thing plays out. Now we've established our world. Well, we've established this town anyways. We're the are we is it gonna be in the Appalachians? Oh, I don't actually know. They la that was a big coal mining thing. It was. It's somewhere in that region. Down by the hauler. Yeah, exactly. Uh maybe Raylan Givens is there. I didn't want to say so, but he, he probably shot somebody not long ago. It was justified. Ooh, boo! There will be an actual rim shot in there and a large crowd <laughs> boo. <laughs> boo! <laughs> boo! And so anyways, uh, I don't know if that even counts as like, anyways, they are learning their history. Coal mine history. That's the class. It's just coal mine. Hi- Actually, no, they don't even call it coal mine history. They just call it history. That that would be like calling Brazil nuts Brazil nuts in Brazil. They're actually they're studying a book called Mein Kampf, but it's spelled M-I-N-E. Dangerous. It's about the struggle of mine workers, mine people. They only talk about the glory of mine workers. They they totally you know kind of sweep struggle and hardship under the rug. Okay, it's it's called Mine History, but somebody in the room has a ridiculous uh, Mine History accent. <laughs> okay, yeah, a Bond villain. <laughs> no, Mr. Canary. I expect you to dine. <laughs> to dine. I expect you to mine. <laughs> no, people, I expect you to mine. Oh, maybe it's one of the teachers then. Oh, well, they have mining class. That's like their phys ed or whatever. Oh, that's very funny. Then they have their like gym teacher. Stereotypical gym teacher is a is a like is a German juggernaut. Oh, one of like a big strong man. He's wearing a stupid like uh, like a unitard or something. And he's with the black and white stripes on it. And he's got a big handlebar mustache. Sus right. And I expect you to mine. I was going for Belgian. You sound like a Nazi. Is that a thing? That is a a line from Brooklyn Nine. Oh, I'm not caught up. Or is it an old line? I don't remember where in the series continuity it comes in. So are they coming back from mine class then? They're coming back from mining class where we establish this gym teacher. Maybe, I don't know if we actually need the German guy. That's so silly. I don't I don't know if we need the German guy, but he's very funny. So I kind of want to I almost said tuck him away. <clears throat> I want to save him. I don't know if he's going to show up here, but I really want this German strongman to show up somewhere. However, anyway, these kids were definitely in like history class or something, learning about the Canaries thing. That's that's what triggers that's that's what triggers all of it. The entire conversation, the entire flashback to the roasting parrots and Gilbert Godfrey. <clears throat> 
excuse me. My voice started cracking. We can't have that. No. Anyhow. Anywho. <laughs> Maybe once they tried it with owls. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, and then it, then the whole who's on first thing kind of came about. That's a premise. Anyway, it's got to be a history class or something where they're learning about the canaries. And we definitely have to cut back to a classroom if we're going to do the the teacher is actually a bird joke. Yeah, so how would we cram- how would we do that? Do we not see are they waiting for their teachers to show up? Well, no, the camera would just have to be panned in such a way that you can't see the front of the classroom. Do you hear the teacher's voice though? Yeah, but maybe it's kind of like uh, you know, grown-ups and Charlie Brown. It's just kind of muffled and uh, indistinct. And so one kid is just like, so boring. And then everything in the foreground gets blurry. And so it focuses on the kids talking in the classroom. So just like everything in the foreground visibly becomes blurry, all the sounds that aren't the kids talking also becomes indistinct. Or perhaps they are waiting. Perhaps they are waiting for a substitute to show up. And they're saying, what do you think we're going to talk about? Well, last week we were good. We said we were going to learn about canaries in the coal mine. My uncle worked. That was that was the assigned reading. Yeah. Oh, they're talking about their assigned reading. Well, what are we going to learn today? Well, last week we were told the assigned reading was the canary, the history of canaries in the coal mine. Didn't you do your reading? You know, maybe one of them is a keener. I do think that the the keener trope, uh, not trope, archetype is important to have in there. So our class should have one. And that means that the keener can vary easily introduce us to the lesson subject matter before the teacher arrives yeah oh they, yeah 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 they can start introducing the lesson and then doing like the voiceover as we into the into the scene into imagination land yeah and thus there we are in a world where parrots all talk like gilbert Gottfried, and that's how we got there well, so maybe in the very beginning, she actually walks us through the history. So in the very beginning of the miners, or in the very beginning of the coal people, or whatever we end up calling them, uh, the mine people, if somebody went too far or got down where there was not enough oxygen, then they would simply die. And so somebody said, we need to come up with a way to warn people that the air is not good. And so they recently started trading with a group of people from the something islands, not the Canary Islands, definitely. Maybe it's a German community and your German strongman can show up. Oh, the very, the origins? They're trading with the German community and then the German people bring parents. I mean, if you want your German people to show up. Or maybe when we're explaining the, the actually the founders of the mine people. Mine, mine people, the the founders of mine people were, were Germans. <laughs> That voice. <laughs> I couldn't help it that time. My people. I'm a beautiful butterfly. <laughs> oh, I bet they sauna together. <laughs> oh, hi, Mark. <laughs> I, did, I did not hit him. <laughs> I did not. <laughs> it turns into, you're tearing me apart, Lisa. <laughs> oh, fuck. Tell me why is that, man? I don't know. Oh, that's the history. So the history is these German folks. It's mine people. Where where they are we going? These, I don't know if it is traders. They somehow get their their paws on. We'll figure all that shit out later. I need a a, a, a half a bottle of bourbon to figure that one out. And so they have parrots, and they start bringing the parrots 
down and the parrots are the thespian parrots. Oh, so maybe they're British traders or something. I don't know. Because they're the Shakespeare parrots and the parrots are way too dramatic when they die. Oh, there is some unhealthy spot down here. The life juice drains from me. And that is, yeah, they are, they are Shakespearean. And it's awful. And so they say, these have got to go. It definitely sounds awful. We either need to retrain them or we need to find a guy who can tell us how to get better parrots or who has better parrots or something. And that's how we discover this trainer who is, uh, which character do we say? Oh, the trainer is Gilbert Gottfried. And that's how they all got that boy. Well, yeah, but we can't call him Gilbert Gottfried. Uh, I mean, we definitely. No, his can. name is uh, Bert Affleck. I was just gonna call him Gottbert Gilfried. Got Gottford Gilfried. That works, I guess. Gottbert Gilfried. Or is it the duck from the Affleck commercials? Is he actually a duck, and that's why he's training parrots? I don't know. I mean, ducks are a superior species of bird because they can they can swim, walk, and fly, and they thermoregulate themselves. Is that something other birds can't do? Uh, well, swans, like only waterfowl can do it. Birds are stupid, man. It's Well, I think it's super interesting. So when the their uh, circulatory systems in their undercarriages, they split off by where their stems start. And so cold part of the blood goes down into the legs and feet. And then the warm part of the blood gets like recycled through their undercarriage. So it gets superheated. And that's why their feet don't freeze off. Uh, and they don't get cold when they're floating around in cold water. It's wild. I wish I could do that. That's pretty crazy. Yeah, I wish my hands and feet could do that. Or my dick. Or just about any part of my anatomy, but I would like it if the whole of my anatomy could do that instead of only just like select part. You could just decide where you send it to. I want hot blood in my fingertips. I want cold blood in my nose. Yeah, I want the cold blood sent right to my brain. And oh, God, I hope it kills me. (laughs) How did he die? I really couldn't say. That's that is the loss of will to live. That's just a failure to thrive. What we got here is a failure to thrive. That was that was very nice. We also have, oh, thank you. How many eggs can you eat? What? That what we've got here is a quote from uh, Cool Hand Luke. Have you seen Cool Hand Luke? A failure to communicate. Yeah, and. In Cool Hand Luke, he ha- set, he bets with the other inmates how many eggs he can eat whole. And I think he eats 99 and then throws them all up or whatever. I can't remember if he actually makes it. I don't remember the movie. Good enough to be quoting it. Shit. Yeah, I uh, I I don't remember any more than the, the one quote. And honestly, I didn't even know the quote was from that movie until my friend told me to watch it. I thought that quote was from a Guns N' Roses song. Oh, I thought that quote was from... Uh... Well, it wasn't Apocalypse Now, but... Maybe it was Full Metal Jacket. No, it wasn't that. I, all of these films are blended together in my mind because all of They're these all quotes the are thing. all of these quotes are being shouted to me by a drill sergeant. <laughs> yeah, but we're all traumatized. Yeah, I only hear these quotes being shouted at me by a drill sergeant. Well, this quote in Cool Hand Luke was a uh, what would you call him? Not even a drill sergeant. He was a, like a chain gang boss or whatever. What's the difference? Hmm. Let's ask my dad. When I mentioned that the IMF enslaves countries, he asked me what enslavement is, and I didn't even want to go there. Oh, they ask you to define everything, and then they start cherry picking <laughs> and like, oh well, the, technically they 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 get you to be super precise, and then they start with the pedantry. 
which is only half a step away from pedastry. So quit fucking around. Oh man, there's pedastry isn't a thing. I don't know what I'm saying. Uh, no, I think you mean pederast. But there's nothing. Even even a pederast is not as bad as a pedant. And you know what? Also, while we're at it, fuck podiatrists. What is wrong with a podiatrist? I don't know. They're very helpful people. They're only trying to help us with our very sensitive end bits. I was going to ask if you knew what that specialty was. It is. Is it not? It is. But here's one. Do you know what nephrology is? Nephrology? Correct. It's not phrenology. Is it the opposite of phrenology? What's phrenology? Because there's the one where it's like head measurements and skull shapes defines how superior of a person you are but there's also phenology how how abundant the resources of like a, a group of trees can be okay well i was sticking with doctor specializations nephrology is the study of kidneys oh i would have never in the world got that why what does neph mean i, I only know it because Dr. House is a nephrologist. Subspeciality of internal medicine that focuses on diagnosis of the kidney. Why? I need to know. Actually, he, he is uh, he is infectious disease and nephrology. He has a dual specialty. That sounds r really a lot like that was made up by a writer and not a doctor at all. Right? <laughs> I'm... <laughs> That's so fucking funny. <laughs> okay, so uh, parrots. Oh yeah. Are we are we about ready to retire from that sketch? We've kind of bookended it. We were just filling out the middle. Yeah, we were just filling out the middle. So the parrots. Is there any? Is there any conflict? What happens when they go back to the trainer? They get mocked. They oh, they don't want to go back to the trainer because of the cutaway to them being mocked. Yeah, they they say we're not. A new guy, new guy on the team asks why they don't just take these fucking birds back. Oh, wait, 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 wait. We've been saying that the trainer that they go to is a Gilbert Godfrey type. Maybe it's not because we're going to do a cutaway where the pair they're, they're asking the parrots, how did you all get this way? And then it cuts back to it's a cutaway to a flashback to when they first started getting those voices from their old trainer. Uh, OK, so the birds will just go ahead and explain why they all talk like Gilbert Godfrey. Well, I guess they won't. I mean, We'll be proposing that they're about to explain, but they won't actually explain because it will cut to a flashback where, where we see it happen. What happens to the idea that somebody is like, why don't we just return these birds? Oh, hmm. Interesting. Because, I mean, How if we that show that the birds are super problematic, everybody's going to be like, as their first natural instinct is, we should take these back and get rid of them. So they all just take them and they throw them in the bottom of the mine? Well, they should probably do that once it becomes very clear that there's no way they can take them back or have them retrained because now they're all just permanently Godfrey-defied. Oh, hmm. Okay, so maybe we don't flash back. Okay, so trying to figure out what... But is... I love flashbacks. <laughs> do we flash back to how they became the way they are? Because I also kind of like the idea... I bet you their training just consists of being roasted by Gilbert. So it is an actual human... So it is a human and it is... What did you... Got... Got Bert Gilfried? Got Bert Gilfried. He just roasts them. That's who he trains them. But the thing is, is he's been dead for 40 years and all of these birds have actually just been training other birds. Oh, have they just been watching Aladdin on loop and they are they idolize Diago? Oh, so we can just remove an actual trainer from it entirely and it's just one of them watched Aladdin and then it just sort of cascaded through the entire parrot population. Well, no, it was it was it, kind of infectious meme. They were they were living with Gottbert Gilfried and he was 
living in his past of like when he peaked. And so he was constantly on a loop. He would show them and brag about, but yes, he did. He ended up passing away because it has been 40 years or whatever. So he's dead in his armchair. There's a skeleton in the armchair of Gilbert Gottfried watching Aladdin on a loop. And all the parrots now just talk like Iago. Did that get too dark and weird? It, it, it's I'm having trouble tracking it, but that might be my ADHD. Start from somewhere in the middle. They got the voice from. Okay, do we want the the miners to say why? Why? Like, why are you so mean? And then it flashes back, or is that unnecessary? Well, maybe the nobody. Maybe nobody actually tries to engage the parrots in conversation because they are still just parrots. They're not actually. They don't have human levels of intelligence. They're just repeating stuff that they've heard. Oh, wait. Oh, oh, oh. So do we get to a scene where maybe we don't do a flashback? Why are you so mean? They realize, okay, we can't return these. We can't retrain them. We're going to have to get rid of them. And so they put them in some compromising position. I don't know if they're all chained up and they're going to be dragged into the mine or if they're going to be thrown in a box or some. there's some sort of goofy... Maybe they're all lined up in hangman's nooses because that's kind of funny. They could just fly and not die but they are going to be punished and killed in some way and now now that they are all at the mercy of the miners they're actually they've reverted back to they're begging for their lives in that thespian voice please don't do it sir it was only an act we were only trying to be well they've put on airs yeah but see here's the thing is them bringing back the overly dramatic thespian voices is only going to encourage all these miners to kill them even faster and that which is what should happen and thus all the birds get hanged yeah they hang them all and then they go they they go get canaries or they yeah guillotines or something oh no no we don't visibly see them hang anything but it's gonna cut to like dinner and they're all eating chicken wings does it cut to dinner and they're all eating chicken wings or do we hear the sound effect whatever kills them and it cuts back to the classroom and they just say and that's why they started using canaries oh do they live in a world where they still use canaries and they're just looking for the history of why they haven't moved on past that yeah well yeah obviously they have canaries okay so it cuts back to the classroom and that's why we still use canaries to this day or that's why we switch to canaries till this day but the class is still being taught by a parrot in disguise oh right there was the being taught by the parrot wait one second parrots could never do that (laughs) i can't i can't do the the parrot laugh i uh i can't warble my throat oh that's when they they cut back to the class the girl who's been giving the little lesson says and that's how they do the thing she slams her book closed and that's when the door like creaks open and somebody says oh you got started early. you got re- you started early on the reading and the kids all whip around and it's the parrot and he just <laughs> Does he does he still do his stupid warbling laugh all the way to the end and it just like gets progressively quieter as the scene kind of fades black? All right, I couldn't remember. Did we come up with the joke for when it cuts away? The joke that causes it to cut away is the bird doing the laugh. That's that's the but funniest I, thing we'll come up with in the whole thing. The bird doing the laugh, but then I also thought that we had suggested that the laugh gets stuck. Oh, that was yeah, that's I had said the A V club, but that's it, not necessary. The laugh just loops. Yeah, the laugh just loops, and then it fades. Just like it fades, just just like the visuals fade. Do the kids file out of the classroom as they're laughing, or are they just staring at it in shock? Why would they file out of the classroom? Because it's stuck, and it doesn't seem to be going anywhere now. 
Well, the lesson's only just begun, so they're no longer in focus. It's just all on the bird, and the bird is the only thing in focus, and it's still laughing, and I guess maybe the camera can start panning away to, like, as if it's leaving the classroom. Oh, I know, I know. All right, let me know. There's a spotlight on the bird, and the lights go dark around except for the spotlight, and so it's in frame, and we're slowly pushing forward on it as the credits roll over it, doing that looping giggle. That warbling... It's almost a SpongeBob. Yeah, it's it it is very much a SpongeBob, just like slowed right down. And like maybe throw a little reverb on it and uh slow it down even further and it's now music. Well that's what I was gonna say. Maybe like really gentle trickling piano plays under it. It turns it turns into an electro bob remix. You're out of control now. No, not at all. I think we've milked this parrot. I agree. This is a milked parrot. Yeah, this parrot is no more. Speaking of which, was what about the the parrot foreman who's an ex-parrot? Oh, I forgot about him. He's a parrot foreman? Well, now he's a foreman. He used to be a parrot. Let's just assume for the sake of argument that parrot is a rank. And so he doesn't want anybody to know that he was a parrot, though? Is somebody narking on him? This is an ex-parrot. He's an He's an ex-parrot. If anybody if anybody calls him a parrot, he'll correct them immediately. I'm an ex-parrot. I would want to have more references to lines from that bit. Pining for the fields. He's not pining. He's <laughs> passed on. He's expired and gone. He's expired and gone to meet his maker. Passed on. No more. Seems to be expired and gone to meet its maker. Stiff, bereft of life. Rest in peace. Nailed to the perch. Pushing up daisies. Metabolic processes are now history. Off the twig, kicked the bucket, shuffled off his mortar coil. Run down the curtain and join the bleeding choir invisible. Remember that John Cleese speaks very quickly in that sketch, so a lot of this just kind of disappears. Oh yeah, I inserted no nuance into that. Well, yeah, that's the point, is you don't remember a lot of those words because he says them so quickly that you just remember the ones that are spoken with particular enunciation. What is a choir invisible? I'm going to is assume that, that means dead people and angels in heaven and all that. I do I do like run down the curtain and join the bleeding choir invisible. That's such a Clesian thing to say. I'm more into Clesian Marxism. <laughs> the choir invisible is also like a band, a book, a this, a that. So maybe the bird left to join a band. Oh, that's kind of funny. A bird band, but they're the choir invisible. Another freaking band? What kind of band is this? <laughs> oh, he's left to join the choir Invisible. <laughs> yeah, and then we get another sketch. After this one is over, we join the choir Invisible. Well, yeah, that if somebody says that line, we are safe to immediately abandon sketch and move on to a, a very brief transitional piece about this just showing like a band of birds playing like a bird drummer really, really struggling to hold his sticks. <laughs> and of course, they've got all like the backup singers. Yeah, it only lasts for like a single beat, and then we immediately move on to the next. Piece. Oh, is uh, he can't? He's having a problem playing because he literally can't see his band. The the bird that's having trouble with the he's on he's on having a diff- he's having a hard time because he doesn't have opposable thumbs. Well, that too. He's got the sticks in his beak. He's just head banging. I was more I was more thinking that he's like on stage by himself and he's like, guys, are you here? Because they're an invisible choir. Ooh. well, then why is he visible? Well, because he joined the choir invisible and he's the one token visible. He's the token visible. You mean the visible minority? 
Ooh. That might be a whole other sketch. Yeah, maybe we should tuck that one. Oh, fuck. <laughs> I did like the the idea you said abandoned sketch. I do like the idea of us doing a sketch that becomes so problematic or, or silly or impossible that we just yell abandoned sketch and like jump into another scene. I like that better than having an admiral show up and be like, nope, this is too silly. Maybe it is a guy, a little guy on a boat, like sails by uh, a little uh, first mate or whatever. Abandoned sketch. No, I think somebody needs to light the uh, the beacons. Gondor calls for aid, but it's abandoned sketch. Does the so the is beacons big, been lit? Are there is there a big like bonfire in the studio and we're like that? We were never supposed to actually light that. It causes a problem. Well, obviously we have to stop the sketch because we actually have to completely abandon the building because the fire department's here. <laughs> That's actually very funny, and we're like all pissed off because it it ruined our. We were gonna do our fucking abandoned sketch bit, and then it got interrupted by the, the building being on fire. I like that. Yeah, I mean it. It our succeeded. fourth wall break. Uh, fourth wall broke. That's exactly what happened because we just abandoned that sketch while abandoning that sketch. It's the same thing as the cops showing up at the end of Holy Grail. Yes, only this one is us trying to demonstrate how to abandon a sketch. We're about to do the abandoned sketch joke, and then it gets totally like taken Derailed. over. I like that a lot. That's very funny. Okay, so do we go from there to the fire station? Or is it just, or is that an excuse to totally cut away to something new? Uh, that's probably an excuse to cut away to something new. Like, that's probably the end of whatever sketch we would have been doing. There's nothing stopping us from going back to being in the, like, outside, just kind of, like, fucking around, pacing with our arms crossed. But we don't have to go to the fire station. This, uh, we don't have to put in a police report for every fire. I mean, since, okay, well, okay, here, this, because this is season two and we proposed that we would like to have an arc, is there, could we need to, I think the arc is going to, because we uh, are, don't have a regular schedule for putting out sketches and we don't actually have a chronological order of sketches, I think the arc will occur in the podcast. And so I think in this episode, Unless we're only going to do every second episode, I think we should some way tie in Paperboy to our overall universe. Last week, we saw him start to develop. He was born. He was started to be born in last week's episode. And maybe so in some sketch, we start to see his influence. Maybe he, but hmm. Maybe he started the fire. Well, we started the fire, but we had safety. We had Did we, did, did we start the fire or did somebody light the beacon? Well, if you ask me, it was always burning since the world was turning. No, no. Fuck your joke. The, a clip of the song is being inserted as I say it. Fuck your resistance to my joke. Okay, so how does he? How do we tie him in then? I was gonna say maybe we, we had like safety nets in place, not literal nets, but like safety nets for the fire. We had some sort of he so, he closed so the vent. We had like a safety protocol, and he sabotaged it. Yeah, he closed the vent so that we got smoked out. Okay, I'm down for that. He uh, he has sabotaged our system. Like we had. A sprinkler system set up just in case, you know, the vents failed. And we had this set up just in case that failed and blah, blah, blah. And like multiple simultaneous levels of redundant safety all failed, which means that it was definitely deliberate. And so do we get any sort of do we, Tucker and Todd, get any sort of hint of of who would have sabotaged us? Does he leave a calling card of some type? Oh, 
Does he leave a little newspaper behind? Obviously, he leaves a little newspaper behind. There's <laughs> nothing left in the entire place. It's all burnt down except for this little newspaper. Which would be a real, yeah, the, a, a newspaper would be the first thing to burn. So this had to have been left behind. I love it. Yeah. And okay, maybe the entire studio didn't burn down, but everything in a radius around the fire is blackened and charred and, and ruined except for this newspaper, which is suspicious. I g maybe it's been doused in, like, flame-retardant material. Maybe. Do we? Is the front headline on the paper some sort of reference to Tucker and Todd? Fuck Tucker. Tucker sucks. <laughs> Fuck Tucker, Tucker sucks. That might be it. I think that's it. I, I, either that or it should be something a little bit more mysterious. Well, yeah, because I didn't want to be... My first initial thought was it's way on the nose and it's uh, the newspaper from the day that we released him from section dd but then we know immediately ah, so the biggest thing on it is the date and and uh the headline will of course be some kind of because it, if you recall we declared that the rampage and all the chaos was shown on the news which means it would be in the papers that's right so we would see one of the scenes of like the calamity in the streets and it would be a reference to like mm, out, breakout at facility, whatever. Yeah. And naturally, that would be front page news because it was fucking it was like Jurassic Park going out of control. And so Tucker and Todd would not necessarily have any idea. They would have no idea of what Paperboy could be or what the necessarily the motivation could be. But they would start being paranoid that, oh, something related to that night is like coming for us. Well, maybe they don't realize that, but the audience will figure it out. I don't know if the boys are quite smart enough to immediately start connecting dots like that. Oh, They're not that's, the detectives. That's literally the joke, is that all they think is somebody just like delivered a paper, and they're like, damn, this is a late paper. Yeah, like they'll focus on the paper so for an extended period so that everybody who's watching the program can see it closely and clearly. And then they will immediately basically do what they did when they rolled up the blinds to uh, stop watching the mayhem out in the streets. Right. They think it's harmless. And they actually this actually gives us a chance to establish that there has been a fair amount of time in between because we know because Paperboy needs to go on his whole origin thing with like developing a relationship with Ascendables and not making it in. And he needs to develop. So this is months, maybe years since that time. Weeks. Maybe months. Yeah, weeks, maybe months. Probably, probably months. I guess I don't want to say it's years. Time is not a fixed construct for us, but it it doesn't take long to apply and then get denied. I was thinking it was by the yeah. and he also develops very quickly. He doesn't actually have to go through a whole fucking like child, infant, juvenile. Phase. Well, I mean, physically he develops quickly. Uh, emotionally, he's probably quite stunted in development. He is paper boy, which, I which, forgot. Which probably has a lot to do with why he goes a bit off the rails. Because he doesn't... He, he never he, had to learn any of those, you know, coping skills. Right. He's emotionally immature. And he's also a little bit of a monster. Yes, he is a monster, and he's a monster who happens to be emotionally immature, and he's all. It definitely makes him crazy. He's all limbic system. He's just the fucking id. Yeah, and so he. Yes, okay, I like that a lot. Yeah, three months have gone by. That story was three months. Wow, what a fucking late paper. Late? What? What day is it? Said Tucker, of course, because Tucker doesn't know what day of the week it is or even what month it is. There's no post on Sundays. 
Sunday. I don't know. Oh, he he has no concept. Uh, that, that was an in-character response. <laughs> he doesn't know what day it is, and if it weren't for the fact that he just follows Todd home, he wouldn't know where he lives. Oh, maybe that actually turns into the bit. That's we move we move on a little bit, and it actually turns into Tucker and Todd doing a little like Todd explains to Tucker what days are, but it's useless. Tucker has drifted onto some new preoccupation. He definitely has my ADHD. Sunday, yeah, you know, like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Tucker's. Yeah, I know. I know the names of these words. I thought it was Thursday. What? They have a time machine. His incentive to oh, pay yeah. close attention to the passage of time has been totally erased. Does he go on this little rant? I mean, he sure could. He's he's allowed to have moments of uh, lucidity. Yeah. Remind me for a second on how many of the past five of our adventures have we time traveled? I don't know. Four? Exactly. You expect me to know it's fucking Sunday? Time is not a fixed construct. I don't even know why anybody keeps track of it anymore if if i want a time i'll just go to it oh as 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 you're saying that does the universe fold in half and like smile at us and say he's right you know (laughs) oh i don't think the universe is happy about how we flaunt space time oh i guess probably not it's probably actually quite painful for it yeah the universe is probably like gravely wounded we probably leave gaping bleeding holes in reality just about everywhere we go that's an interesting perspective as we're like ripping holes in different dimensions we zoom all the fucking way out as far as you can zoom and the universe is like shaped like a lima bean and there's just holes being ripped in it and it's screaming in agony and trembling it has to be (laughs) trembling and like sections of it should be collapsing not just on the verge of collapse but we actively get to see them like implode and fall apart and turn to dust and just like entire civilizations just wink out and its and eyes just... are just fully glossy black orbs and it's it's crying milky white tears yeah like the the universe is definitely not in a not in a better place than we found it no we we did not take only photos and leave only footprints no even if we might have tried or at least try to do as little chaos as possible uh we can't help ourselves it just follows us around hmm um just one second i had a premise here todd has posted a message to the discord server it reads take only photos semicolon leave only footprints colon a serial killer leaves polaroid photos of stomped to death victims that's it dark sometimes i'm not sure if funny is actually funny does he have to be stomped to death or maybe he's just been like he's got like cartoon footprints all over him like he's been beaten up but he's got like daffy duck kind of beaten up or he's got like tweety birds floating around his head he's just seeing stars and he's got a footprint on his head oh where he's he's still alive he's just got footprints all over him he's got his tongue poking out okay oh yeah 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 it's not dead yeah he doesn't have to be dead he's just been the victim of cartoon violence we'll come back to that <laughs> i don't know i think cartoon violence is awesome do we is it involved in this uh story that we're doing right now where were we i forgot even oh right uh we were discussing paperboy sabotaging our thing and somehow 
because Tucker had Tucker has basically lost his conception of time, so he no longer keeps track of it because if he needs to know a time, he's just going to input it into the time machine and go to that time so he can deal with it. And as such, the universe is in a really sorry state because of the way that the boys treat it and just generally the sort of calamities that happen around them. Oh, excellent point. This is, oh, fucking excellent point. Okay, we have a time machine. So since we have this newspaper... Oh, but we do respond to it. I was going to say, maybe we transition away from this by going, oh, well, we just got to go back to this date then. And we go back to the scene that's occurring on the front page. But we already said that we respond to it laconically. We respond to it dismissively, but that doesn't mean we can't still go back to that point at a later date. Yeah, I think like that is. traveling to the source, especially as we start becoming cognizant of the significance of the date, then we can go back and try to interact with whatever series of events led to what is now causing us all kinds of problems because we still have no idea what our nemesis is we but we definitely eventually become aware that we have one so i think that should happen in next week's episode next week we will clue in enough to time travel back to that point but this week we just are we the audience is given the suggestion that we have a villain and we're not quite sure what it is but we do have our we're not game. yeah we're not we're not even aware yet that we have a nemesis we just think that we have a really late newspaper and for some reason it didn't burn when all the other stuff around it did so ne- yeah next week weird episode three we will start to understand that it's a nemesis we will get a second clue that will or should we wait until we have three clues that we're like oh this is a pattern uh, yeah, you're probably right, actually. We probably need more than two dots. Once we have three dots, we can start playing connect the dots. And even then, we might still need, like, Stan to smack one of us upside the head, which, you know, that's a perfect opportunity for an eternal view of somebody's head with gears that start turning. The smack causes whatever was preventing the gears from turning to dislodge, and then dust uh, they sputter to life. <laughs> are the is it three clues that it is literally like three words in a row that are like I'm the villain or something like that, and we get them in the where we keep trying to put them in the wrong order, and then finally somebody has to say, "You guys, if you put them in this order, it says I'm the villain." Uh, I definitely like the word rearranging joke, but I don't know if I want the line to be "I'm a villain." No, I don't. I don't think it's "I'm the villain," but it's something along those lines. Paper boy lives or something look behind you and and of course whatever it is it has to be funny if we arrange it in a different way yeah i would need to sit down and do some uh mike myers channeling yeah yeah because we're gonna austin powers it it's a very austin powersy bit but that's that's the three clue that's well yes that's what we managed to glean from each of the three clues that we find so the paper it's got it's from the date so it's a direct reference. None of us get it. Ideally, the audience gets it. It's a newspaper, which technically makes it two clues, but that the newspaper part in particular won't clearly become a clue until after we actually encounter Paperboy and realize that newspapers are his thing. Right. Which kind of suggests that newspaper calling cards should start cropping up. And is uh, his mom tied to this in any way? Is mom tied to this? Hmm. Mom doesn't want us to know that she is. Oh, here's an, uh, something that I was asking. Is Columbo mom or is mom Columbo? I forget. 
or well in this case Columbo is taking mom's form but is has Columbo always been mom or is mom like kidnapped and Columbo is just living her life in disguise oh that is obviously much better for oh that's interesting because then we get to do or has mom been Columbo the entire time and Columbo this uh Lovecraftian entity adopted us for a purpose that is like taking our entire lives. It's just all one choreographed dance that he's put together. Basically, is it a long game plan or did he just come into it? I I'm, I mean, I'm tempted to say that he came to this world as this like Lovecraftian entity and he discovered Tucker and Todd and they were some sort of like dark blip on his radar or whatever. Like he he registered that we were some sort of <laughs> lawful evil. We were some sort of energy that he couldn't quite figure it out. And he figured the best thing to do was to like attach himself to us so that he could monitor to try, us. To try and control what's going on or at least keep an eye on things. Yeah, exactly. Because, because if we've got some kind of weird relationship with the universe, that would definitely explain why we're constantly ruining it right but he's it's it i mean this is sort of it's a sort of a harry potter situation he is i mean not literally harry potter the beginning of harry potter he is trying to keep us unaware of our own abilities because he doesn't want us to develop into our potential like form thing well yeah because maybe we're i guess that makes us kind of lovecraftian entities too yeah and so yes and so because we have not uh all been raised with the relationship that we share with an awareness of the relationship that's why it only kind of like we are sometimes very lucky that's how it manifests itself sometimes we're extremely lucky when we need it but we don't actually have any awareness of like our connection to what we're we have power from well yeah and that luck has shown up many times like we have sometimes the universe bends around us so that we manage to succeed yeah even though we torture it yeah and well the universe doesn't really have a will of its own in this way it's just that there's it does have one like, it has one will yeah. of its own it keeps him in a cage it's will smith <laughs> i was gonna say it was will ferrell because he's much <laughs> he's much funnier to watch cry his court jester <laughs> he's just crying with some wine <laughs> <laughs> anyways that's the one will yeah it it doesn't have the universe isn't an intelligent entity of in it in and of itself but it has like a sort of a rhythm it uh oh i don't want to say this it's like the force ooh midi chlorians no but it has a sort of it has a sort of it wants to be in a state of equilibrium so it kind of tries to bend in that direction yeah i follow it wants plastic what? That's a Carlin thing. It wants plastic. It wants to make plastic. Oh, I remember now. <laughs> it wants plastic. That's why it won't break it down. It wants to keep it. Yeah, that's why humans exist. Is we plastic asshole? I remember now. That's why it created us so that we could create plastic for the world. I of all religious belief systems, that is the one that I uh, am closest to subscribing to. Oh, that and sun worship because I can see the sun. Yeah, they they go together. And Joe Pesci, of course. Oh, naturally, Joe Pesci. Seems like the kind of guy who can get stuff done. As far as answering prayers go, God and Joe Pesci, my prayers are answered at about the same 50-50 rate. What happened? So we had two clues. Well, we only have one clue. We don't know that the newspaper itself is a clue yet. 
Right. We won't and, know until our nemesis is revealed. Right. And we don't need other clues yet in this episode. We just needed this process. So we are standing there. We've, we've received it. We've dismissed it. Do we move on? We're coming up on close. We would squeeze something quick in if you want to. Uh, Yeah, we can move on. We, we've dismissed it. We've been taken out by the fire department. So we've got to stand outside. They go through everything and we come back in once they give us the all clear to check the damage and that's when we find the newspaper and we're like Ugh. we're we're looking at our stuff that's some of our stuff has been destroyed so we're not in like a state of mind to really be critical about the paper either so we're just like this is late right that was the joke it's late now i remember bringing up wanting to work in the arc with paper boy were we planning a sketch that i was trying to insert that into already or is this a separate scene the origin of Paperboy? Just the, the just this scene in which we're trying to introduce Paperboy. Were we doing something in the studio that was already a scene when we discovered the fire? Oh, we were lighting the bonfire. Yeah, we were, were we lighting? were we were lighting the beacon because we were gonna do the abandoned sketch sketch. Oh right, okay. So we were doing the abandoned sketch sketch, and then the firemen showed up to interrupt it, and then we're sitting outside. And then we come back in to our fire going out of control interrupts it. But the fire department show up really quickly, suspiciously quickly. Right. Well, yeah, we we break the fourth wall to do abandoned sketch because it was a bad sketch. OK, so what was the bad sketch we were doing? That's the thing. It's never revealed. But oh, the, we man. were going to do the we were going to do the abandoned sketch sketch to show it. And I think that should become a recurring joke where every time we try to show somebody the abandoned sketch sketch, we're forced to abandon it. So we never get to see it, but do we come out in costumes that imply that this was going to be like really difficult to get away with? I think I think we should. It should be something like yeah, it should be a, an elaborate sort of thing. Because the way that I'm sort of imagining the way the jokes works, this is not necessarily it. This is always we just have to start from somewhere. I imagined like a KKK outfit and like a princess or something like that coming out. And then it's Tucker and Todd in these very problematic outfits. And they just kind of look at each other nervously and they go, uh, abandoned sketch. And like, yeah. And then, okay, abandoned sketch. And then and then everybody. Yeah. Somebody starts ringing a bell somewhere. We're <laughs> yeah. doing the abandoned sketch. Rain starts falling. There's thunder and lightning. We're like on the ocean. We jump off into the ocean. But yeah, the everybody does the call. We're doing the abandoned sketch. But we should never actually get an opportunity to show what the abandoned sketch is because it should always be interrupted, thus forcing us to abandon the abandoned sketch. Yeah, definitely. And so it gets interrupted by the firemen because... Oh, we lit the beacon. So because, we have to... because Paperboy called the authorities after sabotaging it. So somebody he made sure that they would get there in time to stop the fire and prevent or make sure that only what he wanted damaged would be damaged and that we would otherwise be interrupted. So does, does the person announcing abandoned sketch also announce light the beacon of some or like because we have to establish that the beacon is part of the abandoned sketch that has to be shown at least right? Yeah. Are they lit? Is this literally like they are like the uh, is it Horn of Gondor? Am I making the proper reference? I don't even remember. All I know is that they lit big piles of wood. Is the person lighting the big pile of wood dressed like those guys? Are they on some sort of a hill somewhere? It's in the studio, though. It's in the studio. But I mean, when do we care about? Well, obviously, because it's a, a significant fire hazard, it has to be within the studio and it has to be impractical. Of course. I mean, maybe it's in front of the green screen and the green screen is showing some New Zealand like scenery. 
<laughs> That'd be a good reference. It's literally a New Zealand tourism ad with a bonfire in front of it and these guys lighting it. And then, of course, somebody has to call out, the beacon's been lit. Abandoned sketch. And then I guess our, our smoke alarm goes off and everybody starts choking and the, the sprinklers fail to come on and we're like, ah, shit. Do we we're, we're actually burning. Reference it twice in the script. No, everything's fine. The vents will vent. And then the smoke starts filling up. Okay, no, it's still fine. The sprinklers are go. The sprinklers don't go. We need a third thing. Good things always come in threes. What is a fire thing? The the emergency fire suppression system will come on. It's this little thing that just makes a fart noise. Well, now that it's been sabotaged, that's all it does. Mm. Yeah. Is, is it like a little electrical panel on the wall and it cuts to it? Or somebody goes up and mashes the big red button or throws the big switch and it just makes a fart noise? Yeah, it throws the big switch. It's supposed to cause like a, a like a chemical flame retardant gas to shoot out, but it just... Can we think of a good uh, break glass and emergency gag to do to get to that panel? Interesting. Maybe it's an entire like revolving door of plate glass. Who put all of these panes of glass in the way? Oh, do you? Damn, has this already been done? I feel like this has to be done. You have to break glass to get to the hammer that you use to break the glass. I don't know if that's been done, but in case of emergency, break glass to get the uh, emergency glass breaking hammer. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, that, I think that's kind of funny. Well, that that just like adding unnecessary layers to it is exactly why I thought it should be like an entire revolving door. That's like four panes of glass at least. Yeah, as many actually, yeah, as many layers as possible. So you have to get through the revolving door to get to the glass to break to get the hammer to break the glass. Yeah, it's whatever it is, it's a pain in the ass. And then the hammer And it also it doesn't work anyway. Yeah, so the hammer that they use to break the glass is Mjolnir and so nobody can use it. And they're like, This is a waste of time. <laughs> Yeah, okay, it's just sitting there like on a pedestal and somebody tries to lift it and it, they can't. So they're they're pulling and yeah, this is a waste of time. And then somebody just, I don't know, gives the pane of glass a good elbow and that's it. Because we can't stay hung up with unbroken glass forever. We have to break it and flip the switch so that it can go. Boom. Yeah, that's right. Maybe, oh, maybe it has a motion detector. And if we had just run at it, the door would have opened. You have to run at the door? Well, not necessarily run at it. You wave your hand at it or whatever. Like, we were sitting here wringing our hands about it's, how to... It was just... Okay. It's an emergency. You have to run at it. Oh, yeah, I like that idea. <laughs> and then, oh, and then we run at it. And so when we run at it, it opens. And we trip over the opening. There's some sort of process. And it turns out we could have just walked up. I don't know. These are things that are hard to represent in our art style. Yeah, it is. How do we run? I don't know. It's an emergency. You have to run. Okay, fine. And then do we get yelled at by a, a lifeguard and for like run, or like walk, don't run. And we're like, we can't fucking win anywhere. What? You know what? Maybe there is a pool in there. But I guess if that was the case, we would just push the fire into it. <laughs> I mean, that's sort of funny, too. Oh, maybe the, the in emergency break glass was the doors to get into the pool. Oh, in case. Because we were going to push it in. So it, it. Okay. 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 So our third option is to literally just push whatever's on fire into the pool. Or is that our fourth option after we try the, uh, the chemical flame retardant system that just farts at us? Oh, fuck. What were the first two? The first, first one, one was, was the vents. Sprinkler. The second one was the sprinkler. Maybe, the, maybe we skip the vents and just go sprinkler, fart box, pool. Okay, we can skip the vents because 
I don't. They're not going to do anything to stop a fire. They're just going to stop the smoke. Yeah, exactly. So it'll just keep burning anyways, which means it's not actually a preventative measure or a reactive measure. But the firemen, when they do their investigation, will find that the vents were closed, and that will is what will be our clue that it was a setup. Well, the part where every single thing we try to do to stop it also fails. Yeah, yeah. So. Because... Because we can't lift the hammer. Right. We can't lift the hammer. We can't get the plate glass out of the way. So we can't get the thing into the pool. We run in there. And of course, we get yelled at by the, li- by the lifeguard. No running. But it's an emergency. Oh, that every time I've ever been caught running in a pool, they've always asked, where's the fire? Oh, ah, great. Okay. No running. Where's the fire? And we're like, right here. We're pushing it, scrambling. No fire in the pool. <laughs> we're literally on fire. No fire in the pool. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, yeah, so we try to push it, but all we do is set ourselves on fire. You you actually reach out and try to touch the fire and just push it. Doesn't work. Well, I thought it would be funny if at this point we run in and that's the lifeguard says, where's the fire? And we're literally on fire. What are you talking about? No fire in the pool. I mean, that's sort of funny to then have to deal with. Like, we've tried shoving in the pool. Are we going to have to have more than three? Because it's sort of funny to be like us get frustrated with like, well, then what are we supposed to do? Well, I assume that's when the fire department shows up and just uses fire extinguishers on us. And then we can be black and crispy. Oh, perfect. Okay. Like a cartoon, cartoon covered in such. Does, is that so we're sitting there black and crispy and then either the lifeguard or a police officer writes us a ticket and says no fire extinguishers in the pool. Oh, are we going to get in trouble because the fire was extinguished? <laughs> yeah, I think so. <laughs> That's wild. No, or maybe it's like no extinguishing fires in the pool. Or we said no fires in the pool. I don't know. Or maybe it was because we failed to have fire extinguishers on the premises, even though we had like multiple simultaneous redundant levels of fire suppression. None of them worked, so we get a ticket. Well, maybe we just get all of these tickets. We get a, a fine from the firemen for not having an extinguisher. We get a fine from the pool for putting a fire in the pool. We get arrested. I don't know. Do we get a fine for just like cartoon burn humor? Bad jokes? I had a really stupid bad... Oh, I couldn't. it was a bird brain joke. I was like... <laughs> that was... A sketch ago. That was a whole sketch ago. Okay, well, now we've managed to significantly expand upon the fire. But yes, in in whatever remains of everything that was burnt, we do find the calling card, the newspaper with that particular date. And we make nothing of it yet. Yeah, we make nothing of it. Even when we try to put together clues later, we'll put them together in the wrong order because we're not detectives. And so does this sketch close on some... New hint from is Paperboy watching on some sort of security camera. Do we get some hint of him at all? Or are we still waiting? for? That? We're still waiting for that. I think the very first hint should be nothing but the hint. And I think it should be subtle later, though. He should definitely like hack into our security camera system. And there's definitely an opportunity for him to sort of start overriding Craig. Mm, interesting. Maybe he uses the Matthew McConaughey virus to do that. And of course, it doesn't work on G-Arc. No. So G-Arc remains our ally. He's incorruptible. Yeah, whereas Craig is very fallible, which is why Craig gets taken over. But we'll have moments of lucidity, which definitely coincides with our whole universe ordained luck Mm -hmm. i like this little story i like that it's a story now and i like that we're bumbling through it instead of being active protagonists everything else is kind of just happening to us yeah i like that we don't have to be heroes we have a goal 
I guess the goal is the podcast. Yeah, they just want to make content. So they're doing they're doing the podcast in universe. Right, exactly. They've got the studio and all that. They're just trying to live their lives. Everything else is crazy around. They're just trying to make yeah, they're just trying to prove to Stan that you can make a living off of internet content without generating thought yacht energy. Goddamn thought yacht. I think that is the end of our show. Yeah, I uh I agree. I think that's the end of our show. That was a solid show. That was a healthy show uh, with a good color, and now I'm just describing a stool. Well, it's kind of funny. It's very funny that you started saying good and healthy with a good color because I literally went to one-off jokes, and I was going to try to figure out how to like shoehorn in a weak stools joke right as you were saying healthy with a good color. <laughs> I forgot about the weak stools. Wow, this is synchronicity. This is really working out. That somehow I made that joke while also totally forgetting about the weak stools. No more weak stools. Oh man, what a thing to hate somebody for. You have weak stools. Well, it's kind of funny. It would be it could be loosely tied into if you remember our buffalo father with his bison. He could be mad at his bison for having weak buffalo patties. But what but if it's not said as weak stools, it's not as funny. It's not. It has to be stools. <laughs> Where did that word come from? <laughs> I, don't, I don't remember. And I don't remember how we got to weak stools. But well, it was you. I remember that being super. Tucker funny. needed to stand on a stool to uh, close the blinds. Oh, right. He he needed a, a little step ladder. He's got the he's got the Tucker stool just around because he's short. OK, originally used of thrones. Decline in sense began with the adoption of chair from French, which relegated stool to small seats without arms or backs, then to privy in the early 15th century, and thence to bowel movement. So they started referring to the actual... Wow, they, they actually did start with yeah, chair. and they were calling it your... And then it was just like, yeah, that's... They, they continued to, like, they continued to demote it until it was the chair you shit in. Until it was literally the actual shit itself. That's so funny. <laughs> yeah, until it was just the shit. Uh, who, who was responsible for that? Did you say the French? It must be the French. It started Proto-Germanic. German, 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 German. It was oh, German. God damn it. It was German thrones. Just tell me, just... Tell me it was the French. The French the French took it from German and turned it into basically. Are you, are you telling me that the French took something and made it shit? Yes. <laughs> That's okay. hilarious. I'm vindicated. Well, now I'm curious to know if shit was just a word for a chair at some point. <laughs> if all if all of the uh all the words for excrement are actually just related to sitting on things oh no it comes from pie <laughs> shit comes from pie shit comes from pie yeah all right well that's a bit more of a divide than uh the chair you shit in and then just shit well it says from pie root p-i-e oh this might be standing for something p-i-e s-k-e-i sky to cut or split. The notion is of separation from the body, like to, to uh, excrete. Okay, well, I guess I'll just be glad that they didn't apply that to human infants, which also are ejected. Like in the beginning of Perfume, A Story of a Murderer, when that child is ejected. Wow. I'm pretty sure it goes literally flying, sliding across the cobblestones. Uh, how long was the umbilical cord? <laughs> now in my memory, it's like, 
absurdly long. I think it was like naturally it it has to be like thirty feet. Yeah, I, I was gonna say thirteen, but maybe it's like two or three feet. It's it's a full on bungee cord. I think the woman fit under the table. The scene, if you haven't seen it, is a woman giving birth to a child in like a fish market and she's under a table in some city in France and she gives birth under the table and they use like a butcher's knife to chop the the umbilical cord. It all takes place under a a table. So not a long umbilical cord. Uh, Not the uh, most prestigious place. No. Speaking of the French turning things to shit. Oh, right. I thought we ended the show. I thought we did. Sometimes, sometimes that creative juice is hard to turn off. It, but those aren't creative juices. That's afterbirth. Uh, Yum. No. <laughs> Just crickets. Yeah, everybody's had enough. Enough. Okay. Good night, talker. Good night, Todd, and good night to you, listeners. Thanks for thanks for tuning in and joining us on episode two. Yeah. See you next week. Good night, Craig. Whatever you say, you good for nothing schmucks. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Tucker and Todd Show. If you want to reach out to the show, our email address is tuckertodpod at gmail.com or you can find us on Instagram at tuckertodshow. If you enjoyed the program, likes and thumbs and hearts and positive reviews go a long way to helping us keep making it. Tell your friends and be kind to one another. I'm Craig. Good night. Tucker, Tucker sucks. And fuck Tucker's friend, Todd.